Welcome to the Hit Local Play Global podcast, where we sit down and showcase the great people in the Victorian tennis community. I'm Sean O'Kane, and I'm joined here by Gab Tobias. Welcome, Gab. Thank you, Sean. As always, very excited to be here for this special podcast. Now, Gab, it is very special. You actually hosted this interview. What are we in store for? I did. So I feel like I'm sort of throwing to myself here, but (laughs) our guest today on this podcast is none other than Alex Jago from Propel. So Alex is a name that might be familiar to many listeners of this podcast. He's got a very well-rounded history in tennis and he's going to share that with us and tell us all about his latest venture with Propel. So I might stop talking and I might throw to myself (laughs) to host this podcast with Alex Jago from Propel. Thank you for joining us on the Hit Local Play Global podcast. I am Gabriella Tobias, and I'm very excited today to be joined by none other than Alex Jago. Welcome, Jago. None other. I'll take that. Great, <laughs> Should to, I say welcome, Alex? Great to have a chat and, yeah, let's have some fun with it. I think so. So, look, normally I'd introduce you and tell everyone your story and who you are and why we're talking to you, but then I feel like that will just take away from the podcast. So let's just do the podcast, shall we? Sounds like a good plan. Awesome. So, Jago, you and I have gone, we go way back a little bit from our working tennis days but obviously you started in tennis well before that so to give all the listeners an idea of your journey in tennis it's a pretty good one I think do you want to share with us where you started in tennis way back when you were little yeah it's cool when you get to catch up with people and have a chat and you get to reflect back on where it's all started and I was really lucky being a I suppose having an older brother and you you trace where they go to and my brother had a couple of lessons and I ended up having to hit against the wall and started having some lessons with a lady by the name of Liz, T- Liz Tucker and, and Liz is still one of the best coaches that I've come across, very innovative and, and very much ahead of her time. And so I got involved down there in Tassie with Liz and and I will name drop that in my first lesson group was none other than, and I'd, I'll use that with a bit more there high context, George <laughs> Bailey. Very cool. So yeah, George and myself and another kid by the name of Nick, we were in a lesson with Liz and that sort of kick-started it. George, for example, is someone of the most talented people I've ever been around. So I got to play doubles with him as a junior and then go through that sort of junior tennis pathway. Being in Tassie, a little bit of a big fish in a small pond and those sorts of things, which has its pros and cons. And from there, you know, went on that junior aspirational path that all these kids are sort of going on and you're always wanting to be professional and yeah, got to be around some really high quality coaches in Tasmania, Simon Ewell, Ken Hiskins, people I still look up to today. So, you know, I started then, my family didn't come from tennis. So I was one of those kids that got involved. Yeah. So football and basketball, my parents' backgrounds. That's sort of where it kicked off, Gabs. And then was lucky enough to sort of early on know where I I stood in the world of tennis and read a book around US college tennis. And and then I sort of came across this guy named Peter Luchak, who we all probably know. Oh, I think I've heard of him. (laughs) And Luch probably doesn't know this, but he was sort of a role model of a career journey for myself. And, you know, similar ranking as juniors. And then he obviously went a lot further than I did. But that sort of Put the U.S. College on the on the map for me to start to look at that as an opportunity to, to continue playing tennis, what I loved, striving to be the best I could be. And then because both my parents are teachers, academics was always really important. So it really yeah, lined so. up with student and athlete and that trajectory. Yeah, so that's interesting. So do you think if you hadn't had those influences, and I know obviously I'm talking to a coach, but I just don't think people can understand the impact that a coach can have on kids. And obviously you've just described there for yourself. Do you think ever that like you wonder which way you laughed, like a bit of a sliding doors moment? Like, do you think you ever would have known about college tennis if you hadn't picked up a racket all those years ago? Yeah, it's a difficult one because depending on the sport, it does come across people. Yeah. And basketball with from my mum's background, 
you know, we always followed the NBA and followed the NBL and, yeah, and so sure. we probably would have come across. But if I stayed with footy, and when I say stay with footy, I was definitely orange boy a lot and, <laughs> and just enjoyed the camaraderie of the teams aspect. But I, I think that's where the sport itself, tennis or another sport that's aligned to the US college system, you yeah. hopefully come across it. So plenty of sliding door moments, no doubt, Gabs, yeah. it's the journey. But yeah, been around some great people that through those junior days, yeah, really influenced. May not at the time influence yeah, but it's yeah, in that, that sort of zoomed out perspective piece that you go wow that's what they were really yeah isn't it also it's also age I think even if I reflect on myself as a kid I remember having coaches and just oh, the terrible behaviors year nines that we put on at training and all that sort of stuff and you sit there and think oh they were just trying to make my life better and help me in my journey and stuff and it's I think time and perspective helps a lot as well but good though that you can actually have that time and perspective to reflect and see yeah that was actually really beneficial yeah definitely and you know and then you continue the journey and probably the going through US college was probably one of my greatest growths and yeah and sure some of the biggest shallows but again which college you're at, did you go to the University of Memphis so yeah really proud to have graduated from the University of Memphis and still really connected to the school through the people and through my teammates around the world and yeah it, it's again you reflect and you go wow like you have to go through those moments and, yeah. and those really great moments and also really tough moments to go you know that's what grew me that's why I've built these skills now and and that's where I you know really try to encourage juniors now to look at it as a great opportunity for aspirational career path to be a professional but also great opportunity for personal growth and to maximize worldly knowledge when we're in this little island called Australia and for me even a smaller little island called Tassie so <laughs> yeah, yeah some, some cool aspects to the people that you come across. Everything's a lesson, isn't it? Even, you know, as you said, the highs and the lows, you can take a lesson out of all of it. And I think that's the key as long as you do. So you've gone from Tassie to college. Where'd you head to next? I suppose, again, a sliding door moment, got injured, got told I'll never play tennis again. And that was a, a low, but we, we'll keep it positive for today. And that was <laughs> a growth and, and a sliding door moment that Tennis Tasmania were trying to fill a position in a development role. And again, lucky enough, I was I had a role at Tennis Tas before I graduated and then landed back in Tasmania. Michael Roberts there, who's one of my you know greatest mentors I've had from a leadership perspective, gave me that opportunity. Was I ready? No, no, I wasn't. But <laughs> I think that's probably my journey to date. I've probably never been ready for any job and been lucky to be provided some opportunities. So yeah, went to Tassie, was there for six years at Tennis Tasmania and, and wore a few different hats and you know got to learn a lot about participation, got to learn a lot about coach development and got to to learn a lot about athlete development under Simon Newell and yeah and that was sort of six years and I was like what's next how can I grow and that's probably yeah. been my greatest strength of asking that question but potentially also my greatest weakness is, is always maybe pushing to what's next but was lucky enough to to have a really good friend in Belinda Culinary who encouraged people to hire me to move to Melbourne and yeah got to go from one of the smallest states to the largest states big team at Tennis Victoria yep met great people, Thanks. grew a lot, and uh, <laughs> you not included. You, no, no. But yeah, and then so yeah, Tassie to, to Melbourne and and again had a few different roles there at Tennis Vic, but probably one of the things that I loved the most was the positive impact that we all had in the culture there. And, and again, it came down to great people within a system, not the other way around, and then selfishly wanted to coach again. So <laughs> disappointed a lot of people that maybe sat around me were like, what are you doing? But yeah, again, got a really good opportunity, you know, to work under Andrew Roberts in Perth and sliding door moment. About a week before I flew away, I, I fell in love and it makes me emotional thinking about it because, Aww. you know, you go on that journey and you go, bang, I need to come back. Yeah. So Perth was magical, but not where I needed to be. So yeah, yeah that brought me back to Victoria and, and probably again, what a sliding door moment that wheelchair tennis 
needed to fill a role and how lucky to slot straight in. And and like I sort of mentioned before, I've been given these opportunities. There was no way I was ready for. And I'll, From the other uh, side sitting here, I've never thought that, just to be honest. Yeah, and again, you have your own bias, don't you? <laughs> so, yeah, we skipped through Perth pretty quick there because I was getting a bit emotional. But, yeah, there's great people I met over there again. So I've gone from a small state to the yeah. largest state to a medium state really cool aspects to learn from and tennis just being the consistent piece of that. So then yeah. I, I might take a drink of water and you can think of another question of to throw at me, Gabs. Of course. So tell us though about the movement into wheelchair tennis because I know, you know, again, from following your journey, that's obviously had a really big impact on some amazing opportunities that you had and I don't want to give those away, but just following on Insta, I'm pretty jealous of a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. But tell us about where that switch came and maybe, you know, what that changed in, in the way that you went about what you do. I think I had a couple of weeks to think about an offer that was on the table. And and I suppose what I like to do is try and research and, and understand the space. And I'm first to acknowledge coming from able-bodied sport that we all don't know enough about para sport. Mm. And certainly being in tennis pretty much my whole life or since I was five, I didn't know enough. And Yeah, sure. And let's acknowledge that to start with, that we're all yeah. on that learning journey. And, and so, yeah, got to work under Brenda Tierney and with Greg Crump and Francois Volgersberger to name, I suppose, the full-time staff at the time. And gee whiz, what a learning journey I went on there. And But at the same time, it was bringing some of those aspects that I've learned through the journey to wheelchair tennis and aligning and, and finding balance and getting the right people in the room. So get Paralympics Australia back in the room and let's try and be better and well, how lucky to have Dylan Alcott on his trajectory. We'll ride his coattails for as long as we can. And, <laughs> but he was just one piece yeah. of it. And I suppose, got yeah, you've mentioned a couple of really good experiences I've had. And again, sliding to a moment, Francois was going through becoming an Australian citizen piece. So he couldn't actually coach on court at the World Championships for wheelchair right. tennis. So that's okay. how I got that gig to get on court with Dylan and Heath that, uh, you know, ended up winning gold and, and I was lucky to be a small part of that and you get some really cool pitches and have some great you know celebrations and but probably more importantly was the investment in the pathway and the yeah. next generation and the kids and, and increasing female participation in the pathway of wheelchair tennis and you got to throw out you know massive credit to Greg Crump over 30 years dedication oh absolutely one of the elite humans in Paris sport and in sport in general. And to see him once I sort of moved on and the juniors win the junior world championships yeah. was something really, really, really great. I don't even know how to say it in better English than that, but just amazing to watch their growth as humans through the vehicle of sport. Yeah. So, yeah, that's probably a really good insight into, I suppose, parasport for me. And then it probably just reinforced my philosophy on the importance of people first, performer second. And, yeah. and that's you know, be it able-bodied, be it person with an impairment, if they've got aspirations, let's work with them and create environments around them that we can challenge them, grow them and, and help them, you know, if anything, propel them towards their goals. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, really cool experience. And then again, I, I threw my hat in the ring for another position that I, I didn't yep. think I was ready for. I happened to be in Spain on a holiday and just went, oh, why not apply? Like yeah. it's a greater opportunity go. to yep. reconnect with Tennis Victoria, impact the great state of Victoria and and ended up winning and, and becoming that the manager of the National Academy and being part of a tremendous group of people. And, you know, the beauty of that was I still got to work really closely with wheelchair tennis team. So it's a quick snapshot of a 14-year career at Tennis Australia, Tennis Victoria, Tennis Tasmania, Tennis West, but it's been amazing, Gabs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, look, as you said, it's a bit of a snapshot of some of the amazing professional opportunities that you've had. And I think, you know, you've said that you weren't ready for any of them, but I think it probably just tells people sometimes you might not be ready, but give it a go. And someone might give you a go and you're then going to take the most of it and, and run with it. 
in that, is there any lessons that you've learned along the way that you sort of keep with you? Anything that sort of hopefully not, hopefully doesn't keep you up at night, but things that you've learned along the way and you thought, oh, yeah, that was a good lesson. As we said at the start, like everything's a lesson. Yeah. I actually took some notes down about lessons learned. It's a difficult one. And probably the greatest lesson, if I go back to my playing days, I was a crazy, crazy competitor. And if I lost, my behaviours were horrendous. And, yeah. and then I think of the skills that tennis taught me was, you know, coping strategies, yeah. you know, how to bounce back after circumstances and and I still think that the the mental skills an untapped resource for junior tennis players not just for performance but as people performance and how we we are on and off the court so that's one great lesson that that didn't happen overnight I remember it was I was about 22 when it clicked so yeah and with that is everyone's on a journey Gabs so yeah everyone's got different timelines yeah Yeah. and I think that's probably part of that process for me has been allowing everyone a bit of space with that that I'm around and then from a probably career perspective is always, you know, that servant mentality of how do you help others and that people really matter. matter yeah. And so they're probably my two, you know, from a playing and then from a professional career being involved in tennis are probably the two really important ones I've taken away. Do you know what you've taught me? You've taught me something that sticks in my head more often than it should. It's like the old what lives rent free in your brain. And I think partly because I used to always trip over it because it sort of sounded like my name, but it's not, was your old hashtag GAGB. <laughs> And it literally, I still think I tag you occasionally on Instagram when this sort of stuff happens just because it gives me the giggles. But for our dear listeners here, Alex had a saying, which was hashtag GAGB, which was go away, get better. And I think you've just described that perfectly, that, you know, you've bounced around the country, I guess you could say, pardon the tennis pun, but you've moved and you've kept growing throughout, but you've gone away. It's not, if you leave somewhere, even Ash has shown, you can leave the sport, come back to it better. So you can go away do whatever you need to do, learn, grow, whatever it is with what you're working on and get better. And I think that sticks with me all the time. And you gave me that lesson. So thank you for that. Oh, the invoices in the mail. (laughs) I will like to state, and I hope you appreciate this, that that was Bernie Gerlitz and I still fight over who came up with that. So we've both got two different stories to how that came up. But like anything, sometimes it's whatever the sticky note that sticks. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I'll give Bernie the credit because he's a good pies man and you're not. So maybe I'll give him the credit for that one. Move on. (laughs) (laughs) For everyone listening, there's quite a funny quirk to this that we're doing this in footy finals time and neither of our teams in it, which is probably why we're able to have this conversation so nicely, Jager. (laughs) Exactly right. Gab's exactly right. So tell me now. So we've gone all around the country. We've done some amazing jobs. What are you doing now? You've already dropped the word in. And I wanted to jump into it there, but I thought, no, I won't yet. But tell us what you're doing now with your career and how you're working in Victorian tennis in particular, obviously. It's a Victorian podcast on the people in the Victorian community that really matter. Tell us what you're up to. I'm doing two things at the moment. So I'll start with the one that's connected to tennis. And they really both are connected to tennis. But yeah, I suppose leaving Tennis Australia last year gave me some time to really reflect and what matters. And out of that, was born a passion project called Propel. In essence, Propel is aligning my skills and experience to helping others. And one of the probably the areas that we're focusing in right now with Propel is the US College Tennis Pathway. You know, been involved in that for over 20 years and lucky enough to have a, a great partner in crime in Natalie Martin, who's just an absolute jet in understanding the academics and connection between Australia and the US and the academics. And like most people that have ever come across me, I, I try and stay in my lane to what I know. And if I don't, I get good people around me and and yeah so you know propel is all about yeah trying to propel others towards their goals and there's definitely a coaching arm to that and i'm lucky enough that i get to get on court with some junior tennis players that still have aspirations and i get to really um 
play a small part in hopefully helping them on their journey. So it's a cool little passion project and again, lucky to hopefully help you know more Victorians and more Australians on that journey that I always say on that journey of growth. Yeah, that's cool. So tell us if I'm a junior tennis player, an up and coming tennis player, and I'm thinking about going to US college and I've got literally no idea what to do. Do I contact you? Do I reach out? What do I do? One of our real passions is is sharing of information. So Natalie and I, it is a passion project. So it's about information is power. So yeah, anyone can reach out, can search propel.org, P-R-O-P-L.org. I like to spell it out because it's... <laughs> very much branded that way. So yeah, we're definitely trying to share the the wealth of knowledge and yeah. so that parents and players are then armed with that information. And most the critical piece is you don't have to be ready now, but you need to know, especially academically, yeah, what sure. you need to have in order to keep the door open. And it's a yeah. simple message is that a lot of these kids have got great coaches around them, understand the tennis development pathway. It's just the academics that's a really important piece. So yeah, it's fun to go on that journey and try and create programs and a system around these junior tennis players that reflect their goals so it keeps me really connected to that pathway and player development yeah that's cool and have you had many people that you've worked with yet i know there's a couple i think we've spoken to a few on our podcast already that you've worked with and are heading over some have already gone over yeah, definitely. So you may have spoken to, but just of recent times, you know, Alex Bulti, Cooper White, Enzo Aguard, just to name a few that we've worked with over the last period of time. And they're great stories for me to reflect on because I've known all of them since they're 10. And, yeah. when, and that's part of Propel is it's a relationship-centered passion project. And, you know, really it's about developing those relationships and that takes time and then making sure that you can align connecting or facilitating the right coaches and programs to those kids and their families and their goals. So yeah, really lucky. And still, I love having chats with those, yeah, obviously just a group that we have over there, but with those boys and following their journey and it keeps me really connected with the US college scene. So it's cool. That's really cool. I think it's also good for them to have someone like you who they've known for so long that can help them with this unknown world who's lived it and breathed it themselves and help guide them through. And I think the other thing that you've pointed out there that I think is also really critical is the families. Like you kept mentioning the families as well. It's not just the individual, but it's the families, it's the parents that need to understand this world. That, As you said, if they're like your parents that aren't tennis parents, don't know the process and making sure they're all feel comfortable and what's ahead. So I think it's really good work that you're doing. Yeah, well, hopefully it is. And yeah, we can help some more kids and, and their families on that journey. Yeah, that's the goal of Propel is yeah, help and help others. I love it. What's next? Because as you said before, you're always looking for what's next. Yeah, that's no, a really <laughs> good question. So I'm really lucky and, and grateful that this year I've been working at Paralympics Australia. So Oh, wow. Amazing. The role, yeah, the role I've been playing there is part of the Parasport team, focused on the participation and pathway. Again, working with some elite people around me, really passionate group of individuals that are striving to improve you know, impact and provide opportunities for people with an impairment. So I'm sort of really interested to see where it goes right now. I'm just on a maternity leave position and the people around me know how much I love, you know, working for Paralympics Australia. And again, this came about because of the relationship, those sliding door moments, Gabs, yeah. you know, Ross Pinder, who was the skill acquisition advisor at Paralympics Australia, put my name forward for this position and, and he's now heads up the innovation team at Paralympics Australia. So it comes back to how you treat people and again, doesn't matter if you're able-bodied or a person with an impairment and playing para sport, got aspirations, there should be some really quality systems and people around them that can support them on that journey. So it's been a real cool piece. What's next, Gabs? Hopefully a, a new normal. Yeah. <laughs> I feel for all the yeah. coaches out there and all yeah. the kids that haven't been able to get on court and I'm just really hopeful that things open up and I know how hard everyone works behind the scenes at Tennis Victoria, being on the other side of the fence in, in my past life, that 
fingers crossed things open up and, and people can come back to the the feeling of tennis and what it brings to them. You know, I always say it's the ball on the strings that matters and it really, that's what you fall in love with. Yeah, absolutely. I, oh, you're going to make me squishy now. I hope we get back on court soon too because it's, this is not what we're here for. We're not here to not be playing tennis and coaching tennis and administering it or all the things that we love about tennis. So I 100% agree with you on that one. Thanks for trying to set me off there. <laughs> Alex, this has been a joyful chat. It always is a joyful chat to chat with you. But to be honest, I don't think we ever have these deep chats. So it's really good. Normally, it's just footy banter. So it's a nice change. But what I do want to ask you, as we know, this podcast is called Hit Local, Play Global. So I wanted you to tell me, what's your favourite local tennis club to have a hit at? And then what's your most, I don't know, spectacular favourite? I don't know if you can have a favourite if you've had a hit there once. But what's your, the highlight of your global tennis experience? Yeah, I'll bring it back to local you know, stepping onto the centre court at Kuyong brings you back oh, to the history of the. It's the pretty special, of, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah. And and even when you're taking a sip of water and you look up and you go like those stands and so definitely yeah. local. It, it brings like the courts are brand new, so it's got that modern sense, but it's yeah. also got the tradition. And I think if you really love the game of tennis, you're always looking to marry up. You know, yeah. the past, the present, and the future. And so that's probably local. Yeah, beautiful. And having a good think about global, I think some of the best places I've actually played is in Australia. And if I, I try to think about narrowing those down is Cottesloe Lawn Tennis Club. The grass courts there are phenomenal and the location yeah. is phenomenal. You finish hitting, you go down, jump in the water 500 metres at, cool. at, at a unique place of Cottesloe. And then I always throw back, and this might bring back a bit of memories for you. but I know what you're going to say. <laughs> the Domain Tennis Centre is the Monte yeah. Carlo of facilities. It's you know, very special. That centre court there is, is pretty special. And I spent a lot of time there as a junior and then, you know, lucky enough to have worked and coached there and have made trips back there. So we talk global, but yeah. I think tennis has some amazing places to play in Australia and that's just in a couple of them. Yeah, it does. For anyone that hasn't been to Domain or Cottesloe, I haven't been to Cottesloe, unfortunately, but Domain especially is it's just stunning. It's really outstanding. It's such a beautiful location. And the few times that I've been there, I've stood there at times and just thought, wow, imagine if this is just where you coach and you play every day. And it's just, yeah, it's pretty special. And the same for Kuyong. Kuyong, I, you know, I've been fortunate enough in this role to be able to go to Kuyong a number of times. And anytime I'm there, as you said, yeah, the history and just the beauty, the beauty of the location and the venue is just, it's stunning. You probably pick up there the, the aesthetics is what I, I like to go for. So Yeah, I love yeah. it. It's awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Jago. We loved having well, I've loved having this chat to you and hopefully those listening have enjoyed hearing it. I'm sure they have. Do you want to give us a shout out again of where people can find you for Propel? Yeah, so www.propl.org. Awesome. And on Instagram, which is where I've been stalking him as well. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Jago. We'll chat to you soon. Thanks, Gabs. Well, thanks, Gab, for that great chat with Alex. He's certainly got some great philosophies for on and off the court, doesn't he? He does. And I've always enjoyed having chats with Alex. And to be honest, it didn't really feel like we are doing a podcast at times. It just felt like two friends catching up. So <laughs> I hope everyone did manage to enjoy and got something out of it because I think Alex has got lots to offer. I've always held on to his GAGB that we talked about throughout and also because it sounds like my name and so I was trying to remember that one. But I think, yeah, go away, get better as always. Really good thing to keep in mind at times when things might not be necessarily maybe going your way or just, you know, trying to put the train on a different set of tracks to get where you want to achieve too. So, um, yeah, it was really great to chat with Alex. Thank you, Alex, for joining us as always. Very big thank you to Alex for his time and remember to subscribe on Spotify to the Hit Local Play Global podcast. Follow us on socials. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we're on LinkedIn. And tell your friends about the podcast too. We'll see you next time.